0: Bottom Podcast. Hey, what's going on? This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. I'm Jimmy Ferezi alongside Neuville Piano. We hope you're doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of here today to take a listen We truly appreciate it. You already know what it is. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at BottomLineWMCX and also on Twitter at TheNVPShow and also on Instagram at NVPQB11. Use hashtag BottomLine. And as always, if you like what you're seeing on YouTube, don't forget to drop a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Neil, first and foremost, you know I got to ask, how's everything with you, my man?
1: Everything is going swimmingly. Uh, today, uh, we're recording this. I don't know if this episode is going out today, but we are recording this on my mom's birthday. So happy birthday to my mom.
0: Happy birthday uh, to Mrs. You know, so today,
1: today should be, thank you. Today should be a, uh, today should be a good day. Um, I mean, it should be a good week in general. I'm um, going to be out and about a lot, you know, doing some things seeing some people, which is good, which is really good. Uh, you know, other than that, you know, just continuing to cover, uh, for Devil's state of mind, we're approaching the end of the regular season. So, um, within the next couple of weeks, I'll go from having one, uh, two episodes a week to just one episode a week because, um, you know, we won't be in the playoffs, but right. You know, we're still going to be doing stuff, which is great. Uh, you know, and obviously doing things like, uh, talking about what we talking about today, as you can tell by. By my background well at least one of the teams but no we're i'm, I'm doing good and, and i'm ready to go today how are you doing today
0: i cannot complain too much other than allergies absolutely kicking my butt today i'm doing uh i can't complain although i don't know how i still have a voice from uh <laughs> the last episode i did and by the way if you didn't see the last episode that i did go check it out because i've uh i've had some thoughts i'll just say that but anyway um it was about the Yankees, right? No, it, it was not a Yankee episode. No, it was not. Um, mm. I'll, I'll leave it at mm. that. Um, just if you haven't seen it, I'll I'll leave a link in uh and at the end of this video or in the description section on YouTube, whatever comes first. I'll also leave a link on, um, all audio platforms as well, so you can check it out if you haven't seen it yet. But um, yeah, I'm not gonna be yelling and screaming today. Definitely more uh, positive vibes for this episode. As today, Good. we will be recapping the Jets and Giants 2021 NFL Draft. Now, before we actually get started on this, I just we just want to take the time to thank those who watched our live stream last week for the NFL Draft. It was such a fun time, and Neil, I got to say, for a couple of people who have not done a live stream ever, this was... This was definitely a much different experience, but it was an absolute blast. And the fact that we had our good friends, Steve Dursault and Garrett Novak on really made it all worthwhile. And I I really want to do more of these in the future.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was, it was enjoyable to go through, you know, the first, what was it? 13, 14 picks, 12, first round or whatever the case may be, but it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. We gave a lot of insight. We had a lot of really good banter and, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to be able to do more of those for different occasions, and uh, you know, hopefully, we continue to get more people that check them out and uh, you know, share them with the with their with their friends and family.
0: Hundred percent. And by the way, shout outs to Streamyard. They do a tremendous job with live streaming programs. Yes, they and stuff. Do. So shout outs to them. Yes, they do they a do. tremendous job. We highly recommend that you use them if you ever decide to uh, go live or anything. We know the Slapshot Sweethearts use them, and uh, we we kind of want to thank them for subtly suggesting that to us but um yeah so shout out to Streamyard. thank you to everybody again for watching last week's live stream if you missed the live stream last week there is a replay available on our youtube page and also on our twitter page at bottom line WMCX. go check it out for yourself if you want to see our live reactions to the first 12 picks of the 2021 nfl draft and some of them were Kind of shocking, to say the least. So if you missed it, go check out the replay for yourself. But anyway, today we'll be focusing strictly on the Jets and the Giants. And we're going to start with the New York Jets. Because I'm just going to say it right off the bat, I thought the Jets hit a home run in this draft. I really thought they did a tremendous job. I do have questions about Zach Wilson, obviously. It was obvious they were going to take Zach Wilson with the second overall pick. But... Let's face it. There are some question marks about him, Neil. I know you brought it up in a, uh, a previous episode and also on uh, the live stream. Uh, something about an attitude problem with Zach Wilson. Um, so, so, something along I mean, those lines. No, I'm not I, sure. It wasn't
1: necessarily. It wasn't necessarily an attitude problem. The attitude problem was actually more with Penny Sewell. That was really right. what I yeah, was yes, saying. Yes, yes. The, the thing. And, and let me clarify it for people who don't understand the, the issue that I have with Zach Wilson is that I don't really see an NFL quarterback in him. I see him as a guy that is going to be running around a lot, especially if that jet's offensive line does not improve. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's complacent with where he is. I think he's just, to me, it just seemed, and it is a concern to me as much as it sounds ridiculous, but it is a concern to me as to why he was never named a captain um in college you know playing Mm. at BYU why was that never brought up you know usually your quarterback is one of your captains makes you
0: makes you you kind of question the uh, the leader makes you makes you question the leadership qualities of him
1: and also from a talent standpoint I just personally think that you would have been better off drafting uh probably Trey Lance probably Justin Fields even to a lesser extent Mac Jones although I would put Zach Wilson over Mac Jones Uh, That I I agree with. And again, he went to BYU, which doesn't really strike me as a place where I'd say, you know, are there, you know, look, there were two really great quarterbacks that went to BYU. One of them's a Hall of Famer. One of them was the quarterback of the 85 Bears. You have Steve Young, who, you know, it it took until he got to San Francisco for him to become what he became. And then, you know, like I said, Jim McMahon half blind mind you ended up you know breaking so many records in college football at BYU and he ended up you know being the quarterback like I mentioned before of the 85 Bears and he was a journeyman quarterback but other than that I mean are there really that many players that have come from BYU that are tremendous no not really so it's that same thing with like when you look at Daniel Jones who had a Duke has come out of Duke and been great in the NFL
0: Nobody, not
1: many people. So that's my point. Um, I don't know. It just, I'm not, look, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I just think this is a classic jets move. I think the jets went with hype as opposed to their own evaluation. I think a lot of people were kind of saying, Oh, they should take Zach Wilson. I don't know how Zach Wilson became a better overall prospect than Justin Fields. In my opinion when Justin Fields was lighting up, maybe he had to do it because Fields went to Ohio state. And as we've seen in the past couple of years, Ohio state quarterbacks have not done well in the NFL. And that Mm. makes sense. Makes perfect sense. But I I still don't, I am I'm still not sold on Zach Wilson. I got to see how he performs when he gets on the field and starts playing. But even now I'm still not sold on it. And I still think the jets best option was to just keep Sam Darnold trade down, get a boatload more picks and build a team that way and give Sam Darnold an opportunity. Because that's what the Giants are doing right now with Daniel Jones. They're giving him literally no excuses now anymore to go to not go out and perform. They're basically saying, hey, you gotta you gotta step up this year. We're giving you everything you possibly could. We got to go out there and perform. I just felt like the Jets never did that with Sam Donald and I felt like it was unfair for Joe Douglas to basically just move on. But I get it. Joe Douglas, new GM. He didn't draft Sam Donald. He didn't bring him in. He wanted to bring in his own coach. He wanted to bring in his own quarterback. And so that's what they ended up doing. But I think if you were going to trade Sam Donald, I would have traded him with that. I would have traded him at the draft because mm. I think you would have given yourself a better opportunity to get more assets for him. That's just yes. my opinion on it. But, you know, that's not the pick or picks that I thought the Jets hit home runs on, to be honest yeah, with you. No, no, no,
0: yeah, no, no, you're hundred percent right. I'm with you all the way. And look again, I'm a proponent of keeping Sam Donald too. I would have kept him and built the team around him. And I would have used that in the draft as well to try and build a team around him. But now they're essentially building the team around Zach Wilson. So we'll see how it goes from there. But again, that's not the pick that stood out to us. Here are, the, here are a couple of picks that really, really stood out to me where the Jets really hit a home run here. At the 14th overall pick, they drafted Elijah Vera Tucker. I love, love that pick. He, he might be one of the best guards available in that draft. And look, they the Jets need help everywhere. I've said that over and over again. They need help everywhere. But mm-hmm. on the defensive side, to draft a guard like that guy, I thought that was a tremendous, tremendous pick. I think that kid is going to be a yeah.
1: stud on the defensive side of the ball. Then to go into round two. Well, let me, let me comment on that. No, 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 go, go, um, go, 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 go ahead. Let go, me just, I'm just going to comment after every selection. you no, you no, no go ahead. Go. Out. Um, I think that's only fair. Uh you know, with Elijah Bear Tucker, the thing you forgot to mention, Jimmy, is that the Jets traded up to select yes, Elijah yes, Tucker. Yes, they did, they did. They had a late first-round pick from Seattle in the Jamal Adams trade, and they traded up with Minnesota. And the only reason Minnesota traded down was because the Vikings were hoping that Justin Fields was going to fall to them at 14. And when he didn't, because the Bears traded up to 11 with the Giants, the Vikings decided to go with more assets and get more picks, which is a Smart move. That's what you do when you can't get the guy that you want. That's what the Giants did. They traded down after they could not get Devontae Smith. So Mm. the Jets saw an opportunity to get a guy like like Elijah Tucker, and that's what they did. It it makes sense because, look, they're trying to rebuild the offensive line. And we've known for – you go back to the early – you know, 2010s, you know, 20, 2009, 2010, 11, even 12, the Jets had a really good offensive line with a lot of really good veteran players. You know, they had the likes of Alan Vanica, Nick Mengel, DeBricka shaw Ferguson. They had a lot of really good offensive linemen. And yeah, but by the way,
0: timeout, give- That that's what I meant to say before. I meant to say offensive side. I, I Stupid me thought guard was a defensive position for a minute, but my brain had a moment there and Carter's an offensive position. So I just wanted to correct that. I'm, I apologize about that, but go ahead, Neil. I'm
1: sorry. So I look at, so you look at Elijah Veritucker and you look at a guy that honestly, he probably, if the jets had not traded up to get him, he probably would have fallen to probably pushing um, the top 20 and probably in the twenties, maybe who knows uh, what would have happened, but the jets on opportunity to continue to improve their offensive line. They drafted Makai Becton in the first round last year And even though Becton constantly was getting hurt, I thought when he played, I thought it was very solid. And now you're adding Vera Tucker to that same side. I think that's great. You're protecting Zach Wilson's blind side, which is very, very important for a quarterback. Other than, you know, the whole offensive line is important. I, that that's that's yes, without some, saying.
0: something the cincinnati Bengals couldn't address but i take well i
1: mean you know look <laughs> it is what it is it, it look everybody makes everybody makes decisions they feel are best for their team so that's the way we look at it but anyway looking at the vera tucker selection i mean i agree with you i think it's a phenomenal one i think the jets trading up not having to give up a lot i mean they gave up the first but it wasn't their own so that's always a right <laughs> Positive. and then they had to also send two third round picks which is not a big deal because the jets even next year have a boatload of picks so they can go around and throw them around willy-nilly if they want to and they wanted to get a really good offensive guard and that's what they did so kudos to them that was honestly that was their probably their best selection of the entire draft honestly because what you basically decided to do talking about joe douglas is that after drafting zach wilson it's like okay now we got to surround him with good players. We got to surround him with good offensive linemen. We got to surround him with good, you know, weapons. You know, skill position players. And I think Joe Douglas, for the most part, hit it on the head the entire time, which is really good.
0: Mm, no, you're you're absolutely right. I thought that was a tremendous move to trade up to get a guy like that who can have that big of an impact on the offensive side of the ball. I love that pick for the Jets. Here are the other two picks I thought were very very fascinating to me. Let's go to the second round here. Mm -hmm. Taking Elijah Moore, the wide receiver, out of Old Miss. Again, another tremendous pick. And I actually have this little tidbit here on Elijah Moore here. I have this in my notes here. Moore made 86 receptions for 1,193 yards and eight touchdowns last year Mm -hmm. in eight games. Eight games. He opted out the rest of the year, but even still, Smart. eight games? If that doesn't screen to you what kind of explosive weapon that this kid can be on the offensive side of the ball with Zach Wilson throwing on the ball, I don't know what else to tell you. So Elijah Moore, that kid out of Ole Miss, that is a tremendous pickup, a tremendous weapon for Zach Wilson. And then
1: you go to the fourth round. Well, let me let me just say really quick. Talking about Elijah Moore. Um, Look, the Jets went out this offseason in free agency and got Corey Davis, which was a shock because, as we know, we know the Jets don't spend money. So for them to spend a pretty significant penny on a guy like Corey Davis is huge. But obviously, they still needed to address the wide receiver situation. Now, could the Jets have thrown a curveball into everything and drafted a wide receiver or even traded up like they did? And draft the wide receiver. They very well could, but they chose to wait till the second round because the second tier wide receivers have also been really good. Rashad Bateman, who ended up going in the first round, yeah, you, know, you know, and then you have Elijah Moore, and you also had Rondell Moore as well. Yes. So I mean, there was a possibility, but Elijah Moore. Here's the thing: I think before the season began, Elijah Moore was probably projected to be a a third, fourth round pick. Then you saw the production that he had in, like you said, just eight games at Old Miss playing in the SCC. He did very well. Do I think his draft stock could have gone up more if he played the rest of the season? I think so. Oh, yeah. But again, I get it. You know, look, they weren't going anywhere, and he doesn't want to take a chance on getting hurt and really screwing up his draft stock to where it is. And so he did. So the Jets went out and they needed to get a speedy wide receiver, Corey Davis isn't the fastest wide receiver, tremendous hands, do not get me wrong, really helped Ryan Tannehill. So, Mm. you know, you have to understand that he could play, but you needed that speedy inside slot receiver. And that's what you get with Elijah Moore. And Moore even said that he can do it all. So whatever the jets ask him to do, he's going to do. So I expect more to not only be a offensive weapon, but a special teams weapon, kickoff returns, punt returns. I think he's going to be that, that guy that the jets are going to look to and you need a speedy wide receiver with a speedy arm quarterback and Zach Wilson. And I think that works out. So again, the jets addressing a need, trying to get a wide receiver and that's what they did. And I think that was a really good job. And again, The Jets didn't have to trade anything to get more. He just fell right there in the second round. And the Jets were getting calls because, mind you, they had the second overall pick in the second round of -hmm. the draft behind Jacksonville, and people were calling the Jets like crazy. And the Jets could have very well decided, you know what, we're just going to trade down here, a couple picks, get a lot more picks. But Joe Douglas saw Elijah Moore was right there, got to take him because I think if the Jets had – decided to trade down even two or three picks he might have been taken off the board so I think the Jets made the right decision to stick with it and take more with the 34th overall pick and honestly if there were more picks in the first round Elijah Moore would have been a first round pick in my opinion
0: yeah that, that's that's definitely a fair argument that you make but again Elijah Moore that's that's a tremendous weapon for the Jets I absolutely love him but here's the here's the last pick that stood out to me for the Jets let's go to the fourth round Michael Carter. The running back out of North Carolina.
1: Now, i I know some which of you one? May say,
0: "Oh, well, that's that's not which one." Of a, Michael Carter, the running back which out of one? North Carolina.
1: They drafted more than one guy named Michael Carter. So, which one? <laughs> the 107th. Uh, did, we overall forgot pick. to mention that, did we not? The 107th overall pick. Oh, oh, okay, not, that, that Michael, that Carter, that Michael right. Carter. All right, cool. <laughs> that cool, Michael Carter. Because remember, the now, only the Jets could draft the guy with the same name twice. I mean, that's just. That's true. Just, and it's right from it. the same, and, and they played in the same conference, mind you. So, they, I'm right. sure that they met each other before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. I, I totally, I that totally slipped my head. So, thank you for bringing that up. But anyway, I know some of you be saying, "Oh, what's the big deal? That's not that big of a deal." Well, let me no, tell you. Is. No, me, well, it is. let It is. Let's explain why it is a big deal. First of all, let me just point out that this is the Jets' fourth straight pick going offense they haven't done that since the 80s 1983 to be exact so it's very clear that the Jets are trying to build the team around Zach Wilson and with a guy like Michael Carter again the 107th overall pick in this draft let's clarify that but with a kid this this good 5'8 201 pounds He's clearly a third down back, right? But clearly the Jets thought or think that he can be way more than that. And you know what? I can see it. I can see it. I've seen this kid play. His speed is tremendous. His playmaking is explosive. I love this kid's playmaking ability. Look, he can find holes when it matters most. That is what the running game needs to improve on. And this kid can definitely do it all for the Jets. This kid is going to be an absolute stud, and with a guy like Zach Wilson handing off the ball to him, I think their running game just improved a whole lot. A whole lot. I love this pick for the Jets. Love it.
1: I don't really get why you would say he's a third down back. I think he's an every down back, honestly. This is my opinion on that. that. that, that, And let me tell you something I find very interesting. Let me tell you something. Very interesting about Michael Carter and why, to me, he's the most polished running back in this draft. And when I say polished, I mean, he developed exactly the way that coaches want to see a guy develop. In 2017, which was his his freshman year at North Carolina, he carried the ball 97 times for 559 yards, and he had eight touchdowns. That's good. Very solid Next year, he carried the ball 84 times, a little bit less, but he rushed for more yards, 597, yet his touchdowns dropped from eight to two because obviously they started to get more competition in the running back room. 2019, right? right? 2019, his junior year, 177 carries, 1,003 yards and only three touchdowns. Again, the touchdowns are not there, but the yardage is certainly there. In 2020, last season, his senior year, he carried the ball 156 times for 1,245 yards and a career-high nine touchdowns. What you basically saw is a guy who at different points in his career in college was asked to do different things. He was asked to be the main back. He was asked to be the guy that picks up the chunk of yardage, not the, the highlight guy. This guy is a do-it-all back, in my opinion. And yes, is he small? Obviously, most running backs are. No running back I've ever seen is six foot two or higher. That would be nuts. Okay, we don't have that. The thing with Michael Carter is that he has speed to burn. He also is not afraid to lower the shoulder right into the offensive line and get those extra hard-earned yards. And to me, to, that's why I think he is much better as a do-it-all back. Now they did bring in Jet McKinnon. So, yes. They're obviously going to use Jet McKinnon probably more of a third down back. This is my opinion. I think that they use him more as a third down back because of his speed and the trame- and the ability to come out of the backfield. But I also think that Michael Carter could do the same thing. I really do. And I think he's going to end up being the second best selection the Jets made in this draft. Cuz I still think Elijah Barrett Tucker is the best one they made. Yes. And I know everybody's want to give me crap because, oh, what about Zach Wilson? Well, I explained it before why I didn't like Zach Wilson. But again, what you did when you look at this pick and you look at the whole draft, Jimmy, and you will agree, the Jets went out and addressed needs to help Zach Wilson. The Jets are doing something they never really did with Sam Darnold. And that is actually try to help him by getting him players that he really needs to help him work and 100%. build an offensive line. Joe Douglas is right now showcasing what type of GM he really is and being able to do what he needs to do. And that is really, really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. I I'm, I'm with you. And I, I wish they would have done this with Sam Donald, but again, we're not going to get into that whole tangent. That's another rant for yep. another episode. But the bottom line is the New York Jets. Honestly, I'd give them an A minus. I'd give them an A minus. I think they really, really knocked it out of the park here. I still have some questions on Zach Wilson. That's the only reason why that's not higher for me. But I know that might be a little bit high for some of you. But me personally, I th- I thought they got it right. They addressed what they needed to address. They're building a team around Zach Wilson, so hopefully those questions about Zach Wilson will be answered. But until I see something different, A- minus for me, A A-.
1: I'd give it a B, to be very honest okay. with you. Okay, no, no um, that's, that's fair. Because, that's again, fair. look, I'm not sold on Zach Wilson. And do I think that the Jets should have tried to get more picks to maybe select some more defensive guys? Yeah, but, again, look, they're probably going to try to figure it out when it comes to, you know, a free agency is still going on. And there's a very good possibility that they could pick up one or two guys, depending on their situation. They still have a lot of cap space and go from there. The main objective for the Jets was to draft Zach Wilson and then fill the majority of their draft with position players and good offensive linemen. I mean, they only drafted one, but still good right. offensive linemen. And, you know, they, they focused a little bit more in the later rounds on defense, drafting a, a safety, a corner linebacker. And, you know, they drafted another corner, I believe. And look, we know that the Jets are going to be trying to focus on, you know, being more of a defensive team, but we know that also LaFleur, this is his biggest opportunity to really showcase what he can do offensively and having a rookie quarterback, it's a fresh slate and they go from there. So I'd give it a B and that's mainly because I think they should have tried to get a couple more defensive players, maybe even trade up. If there was a, you know, Kim- you know, Camara, the linebacker out of Notre Dame, I mean, he was there when the Jets had the pick. Now, obviously, we found out later on he was dropping because of a heart condition that came up at the last minute, which is really nuts. Um, yeah. I still think the Jets could have gone that way, but I get it. Um, and again, the book is still out on on Zach Wilson. He's got a. Yeah. I gotta see it. I gotta see him on the field. I saw him at college, but that you can only evaluate that for so much. I gotta see how he transitions to the NFL game and how the team is built more and more around him and how they react to him being the quarterback.
0: No, that's that. That's 100% a hundred percent fair. A B, a B is a fair grade. I, I can't. I can't argue with you about that. But me personally, I thought they addressed what they needed to address for now. We'll see what they do in the, the offseason later on, but. Me personally, it's an A- minus because I still have questions about Zach Wilson like you do as well, Neil. So I give them an A-, Neil gives them a B. That's the New York Jets. Let's move on now to our team, the New York Football Giants. What can I really say? I mean, <laughs> these guys. Woo! Talk about making moves. Dave Gettleman. Woo! I'm talking to you, man. I mean, because what you did... I never thought I'd say this, but well done. Well done. I never thought I'd be sitting here praising Dave Gettleman, but here we are. If you would have told me in 2021 that Neil and I would be praising Dave Gettleman for the job he's doing in the draft, I would have laughed in your face. Just saying.
1: But the fact that we're here I mean, now. You're and praising, he's made these moves. I mean, Jimmy, to be fair, to be fair, Jimmy, you're praising him. I'm not really. I haven't said a word yet. All right. Um, don't well, include right, me. Well. Don't include me just yet. All no, right, let well, me just, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm I'm curious to see where you go, but let's take a look at a couple of the draft picks that they did here. Well, first things first, they had the 11th overall pick, but then the Chicago Bears decided to trade with the Giants. The Giants got the 20th overall pick and the Bears traded up to get their quarterback in Justin, in Justin Fields, which I thought was tremendous. And I'm glad the Bears actually listened to us and decided to prove something and go get a quarterback. Because again, Andy Dalton is not your long-term answer. He's just not. Will he start week one? That remains to be seen. Although I, I certainly think he will, but it remains really? to be seen. But we'll see. But bottom line, you got your quarterback if you're the Bears. I digress. That's the Bears. But the Giants to trade down and get two first round picks and a fourth and a fifth? Mm -hmm. That is a haul, man. That is a haul. Well done by Dave Gettleman there. I love that. And with the 20th overall pick, they drafted a wide receiver in Kadarius Toney. Now, I'm going to be real. I didn't know much about this kid. I didn't. But I saw some tape. Neil, I love it. I love it. I get it. He has a bit of an injury history, but you know what? Scratch that aside. I love the routes that this kid runs. He's got speed. He's got hands. He knows how he knows how to go deep and with a, with an arm like Daniel Jones with that deep ball, <laughs> Kadarius Tony. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh man. I, I'm get I'm getting excited right now. Just thinking about how that's going to how it's going to work on the field. It remains to be seen, but I'm just getting really, really excited right now. But I love, love this pick for the Giants. To do what they did and get that hole, that's a job well done by Dave gentleman
1: Yeah, obviously the main target for the Giants, and they made it pretty public, which I think ended up being the, the wor- probably the worst thing that they could have done, which was to be kind of open with what they were looking for. They wanted Devontae Smith. Yes. And I remember when the Dolphins drafted Waddle at number five, it was like, OK, well, now the Giants are in a really tough situation because he's still five, six picks away. And it and we knew that there were a couple of teams in front of the Giants that very well could decide to take him. But once we got to the 10th overall pick, we were you know, we were still pretty hopeful. The only issue was that the guy that the Cowboys wanted, Patrick Sartain, was taken at nine by Denver. Yes. So it kind of was like, okay, well, now what are the Cowboys going to do? And we thought, well, maybe the Cowboys would end up just taking Devontae Smith and the hell with it, but they ended up making a trade. And I thought it was the Patriots. I could, I was like, this has got to be the Patriots for, for, you know, just fields, but it ended up being the Eagles, which was a shock, but the Eagles jumped two spots, got their man. And when the jets pick came, they decided to trade down and get a lot of value. They got as good of value as you could for the 11th overall pick. And, you know, again, very good job by David Gelman because a lot of those picks in next year's draft are going to be much more important than this year, because by next year, we should be able to have guys be able to go out and really evaluate people. And we're not dealing with COVID as much or hopefully not at all by that mm-hmm. point. And we could make a better evaluation of a lot of these guys. So that's a good thing. But when the Jets, get, when the Giants got to pick 20, it was really kind of a interesting thing because it was like, OK, well, what do we do now? Do we still go wide receiver? Do we go offensive lineman? Which I think at that point we would have been okay with. Um, Don't know. I was kind of hoping that it was going to be Rashad Bateman or, Mm. you know, Rondell Moore, to be honest with you, but it ended up being Kadarius Tony, or as I like to call him touchdown Tony, because that's all he does. Um, Again, just like you and like everybody else, I didn't really know much about him. I knew he had gone to Florida. I knew that he was basically Kyle Trask's main wide receiver Yes. And so I I watched some film on him. I like his speed. I think that's great. He hasn't dropped the pass in like over two years. So that's something that is really a breath of fresh air. Don't get me Mm. wrong. The injury bug is definitely something to be concerned about. My question is this. Does drafting Tony mean the end of Sterling Shepard's time in New York? I think Mm. it does. Because Sterling Shepard is right now our main slot receiver. Well, now you just drafted Tony, who also is probably going to end up being a slot receiver. So, I mean, it's going to probably work out this year because then you have two slot receivers and you could really do something with it. Right. the year after, I don't know. Nonetheless, the the Giants wanted to get a wide receiver and they wanted to get one early because I don't think that they felt confident they could get one in the second round considering where they were, like the sixth or seventh overall pick in the second round. So they went and they got that. So they got Kadarius Toney and they got a first round pick. Basic and, and a couple mid round picks. I think that's fine. I think that's a really good job, and I think that's just that's how you're supposed to handle it. And obviously, David Gettleman before this year had never traded down, and he wasn't probably going to trade down if Devontae Smith had been there at eleven. If he was there at eleven, we wouldn't we wouldn't have that extra first round pick. So even though it sucks because we all wanted Devontae Smith, we all expect Devontae Smith to be a Giant. We ended up still getting a very good wide receiver with a first round pick and a couple mid-round picks as well. You can't really go wrong with that. So I would give that honestly, I'd give it a B plus. Okay. I think I'd give it a B plus because also let's see how the Bears do this year. Because if the Bears have such a horrific season and finish in the top three, and the Giants have a top three pick next year. I mean, that's that's a hell of a job by the Giants. But Mm. I think that they got good value for the 11th overall pick and they still got a good wide receiver that they really liked.
0: Yeah, no, that definitely I'm, I'm with you. It's job. Well done. Job. Well done by Dave Gettleman to go for a wide receiver of that caliber. It may not be Devonte Smith, but you know what? I will gladly take it because that, that is a haul for what they got for getting that kid. But now here's another pick I found that really stood out to me. Aziz Ojolari. Yeah. The guy from Georgia. Remember him? Well, mm-hmm. I, have, I have some notes here about how much of an impact this guy can have on defense. He led the Georgia Bulldogs with five and a half sacks in 2019 and was a co-winner of the team's most improved defensive player award with 13 starts in 14 games. Oh, and by the way, he had 36 tackles as well. 36. Oh, and during his sophomore year, he got second team all SEC honors after leading the team with 12 and a half sacks for loss. And he's tied for eighth in the FBS with eight and a half sacks and tied for second with four forced fumbles in 10 starts. Does that tell you something about Ojolari? I think it does. That is a great pickup on the defensive side of the ball for the New York Giants. I'm really looking forward to watching this kid.
1: So, basically, the only thing you forgot to mention is that the Giants traded down again. Yes. Second round. Yeah, again. (laughs) Ended up selecting Ojolari with that pick. And the only reason that Ojolari was still there was because of some arthritis due to a high school knee injury. That's apparently what was the reason why he fell. Some people actually had Ojalari being drafted in the first round by the Giants at 11th overall, which clearly showed that the Giants had a lot of interest in Ojolari. And I'm sure that they were stunned that he was still there, even after they traded down and got another third round pick, which is a job. Now, they ended up giving up, I think they ended up giving up the fifth round pick that they got from Chicago, but it's fine. It's not their pick, so it's Mm. all good. Ojolari is without a doubt probably the second best linebacker in this draft, other than Mika Parsons. Yes, clearly Mika Parsons was going to go in the first round, and I think the Cowboys kind of kind of jumped the gun a little bit yeah. and kind of reached a little bit at at twelve, but that's fine. It I is mean, what at, it
0: is. at least they went
1: defense just not the position I'm sure that they were hoping for, considering that they weren't right, ascertained right. very badly. True. But they still could have drafted Caleb Farley with the 12th pick, but it didn't happen. Anyway, Ojalary, <laughs> he has speed. He's aggressive. He could be a guy that could be a versatile Khalil Mack-like player, where he can play linebacker, but also can line up basically in a standstill on the, on the defensive end, which is great. It just makes this defense a little bit more dynamic you know Patrick Graham is going to want to use this guy in many, many different ways. And you can't really complain because not only did we get Ocalori, but we got another pick out of it. So yep. twice already in this draft, David Gettleman had gotten really good, solid value players and also got several picks. What's there, what's there to complain about? I thought it was a good job handling the draft even right then for David Gettleman.
0: 100% with you hundred percent and trading down twice in one draft who would have thunk it from Dave Gettleman so that's a job well done but look man you look at the other picks as well they drafted a couple of quarterbacks they got uh, Aaron Robinson as well in the third round they got Rodarius Williams in the sixth round they drafted a running back and Gary Brightwell and also in the sixth round and they got another edge rusher in Ellerson Smith in the fourth round which I thought was very very interesting so bottom line is this was a very very good draft by the Giants. They also got it right. I would give I would give the Giants a B plus, a B plus. I love what they did. Look, the yeah. injury history with Kadarius Tony does concern me a little bit. it does, but if you take that out of the equation, like Neil said, he's touchdown Tony. All he does is catch touchdown passes and that's it. So take the injury history out of it, although it is a bit of a question mark. But bottom line is, I love what my New York Giants did. Our New York Giants did. I would give them a B plus.
1: I just want to go back to the picks and go to round four um, when they drafted Ellerson Smith out of Northern Iowa. Look, the Giants really seem to do a good job of evaluating talent in the FCS, and they saw a guy, Ellison Smith, six foot six, two hundred fifty two pounds. He's lean. And he still has a lot to develop. But if you develop him correctly, he could be a tremendous linebacker. Whether you put him at middle linebacker, left or right side, it doesn't matter. And I think, honestly, even now, the Giants upgraded from when they had Kyler Frackle. Honestly, Mm. that's just the way I look at it. And to me, I think this is going to be a sneaky good pick for the Giants. It's going to be somebody that maybe we don't see that often and we don't hear about. But when he makes a big play... We're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the dude that we drafted from Northern Iowa in the fourth round. Like, oh, yeah, like, he's going to be one of those guys that doesn't have the world's greatest amount of pressure on him, and he could still be very, very good. Right. Um, as far as the whole draft is concerned, honestly, I would give them probably just a B. Okay. Um, it probably would have gone up to an A- minus to be fair if Devontae Smith had been taken at 11, if we could. But then again, yeah. we may not have been able to get – Ojalari, we may not have been able to get some other guys depending on our situation and draft picks and all that. It might have been a completely different draft. So, and again, look, the NFL draft, like every draft, is such a crapshoot. Honestly, for all we know, every single player that was drafted is a total bust. I mean, is it likely? No. But again, you draft based off of what you think this guy can be. And you do your best to evaluate as much as possible. But at the end of the day, they have to go out on the football field and perform. And yes, do we all think Trevor Lawrence is a phenomenal player? Without a doubt. But he still needs to go out and play in the NFL and prove that he can play in the NFL. Because yep. for all we know, he could be a total bust. Oh, yeah. We, we don't know. But the NFL draft is such a crap shoot, I personally... And like, okay, I'm cool with whoever we take. Um, I am a little bit concerned that the – well, not a little bit. I am very concerned that the Giants didn't even take one offensive lineman in this draft. But then again, mm. that goes to show you that the Giants really believe in the draft picks that they got, like the guys that they drafted from the O-line last year. I mean, Shannon You, right. Pert, Andrew Thomas with the fourth overall pick. They really believe in those guys, and I think it's un- I think it's understandable to give them a fair shot. But at the same time, the reason why I'm not praising David Gettleman that much is simply for this reason: Daniel Jones is still the quarterback of the New York Giants, and this is it. I've already I've already thrown in the towel with Daniel Jones. Like I don't personally think that he's going to get that much better, but I want to be wrong because I want to see the Giants win. Right. But here's the thing: you got to look at. If the Giants do not succeed this year with Daniel Jones, you know what? That's cool because we could get another quarterback with the same really good amount of weapons that we have right now and get somebody better. Yeah, Whether that's draft, free agency, who cares? But the bottom line is simply this. David Gettleman's whole career and tenure as the New York Giants general manager is based off of Daniel Jones. That's what, for the most part, you saw in this draft. You're right. What you saw even last year. He's trying his best. To put Daniel Jones in the best possible position to succeed. And now it's up to Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, Jason Garrett. Well, Joe Judge to a lesser extent, but Daniel Jones, Jason Garrett, that offensive line, Barkley, you know, Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. It's up to those guys now to go out there and perform. Because that's David Gettiman, for the most part, did his job this offseason. He's done what he can. Now it's about going out there and performing. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And Daniel Jones, this is it, man. If you don't perform this year, there is, I don't see any possible reason why anybody is going to want to keep you, especially mm-hmm. if you have to get a new GM. He may just be like, well, the hell with that. And he's getting his own guy, like the Jets just did.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You couldn't have said it any better. And look, you know, you know my feelings on Daniel Jones. I'm on my last legs with him this year. If he doesn't do anything this year, he's out, and so is Gentlemen. I know he did a good job in the draft. I get it, but like like Neil said, his whole career is based on him. He's the quarterback. He's got to go out there and do something now that he has everything around him now. If he doesn't, see you later, Alligator. You ain't wanted anymore. Sorry, it is what it is, but. Bottom line is with the Giants, I give them a B plus. Neil gives them a B with the Jets. I give them an A minus. Neil gives them a B. And on that note, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. Let us know what you think about how the Giants and Jets did in this year's NFL draft. Let us know on social media at Bottom Line WMCX, Twitter and Instagram. Also on Twitter at the MVP show and on Instagram at NVPQB11. Don't forget to use hashtag bottom line and as always if you like what you see on youtube please drop a like and a comment down below it helps out tremendously and please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio sending platforms just include jimmy when searching for this podcast the draft's done let's see what happens now in the off season it's going to be very 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 interesting for our teams in the tri-state area we'll see what happens For New Villa Piano, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace out.